Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Ad Heart Monthly Call, Inspiring Forward Movement and Heart-Powered Intention. This is Deborah Rosman, and this is our November Launch into the Holidays Call. And our theme is called Ad Heart to Appreciative Inquiry. Now, I know that sounds curious, and that's intended. The holidays are approaching, and many of us are rethinking how do we even celebrate, given all the pandemic issues and increasing stress levels. And there's lots of ways we can celebrate and really connect with each other that don't take a lot of time but can be really effective. And my ad heart call guest this month is John Berghoff. And John is a dear heart brother. He's the founder of a scientific approach to unlocking collective wisdom inside each of us using this method called appreciative inquiry. And instead of searching for problems, we search for what's the best of what was, is, or could be with any, any one of us, ourselves, family, group, organization. And when you look through that lens something different happens, something magical happens. And you start to notice, as he says, aspects of experience in ways that bring more, what I find, refined uh, value to the conversation because you're looking for what's best to address and talk about. So, John, welcome. I'm so glad and honored that you're joining us today. Debbie, it's an honor. So great to be with you. You know, Many of us, as probably you and your family, too, are preparing for the holiday gatherings in person or mostly virtually, and so often these conversations can end up either being dull or superficial or stressful. And what are some ways people can use appreciative inquiry during this very challenging time in life right now with social, political, health, pandemic issues going on? How can we use this tool at a virtual or in-person gatherings to help uplift each other? Yeah, well, I think you put it well, Debbie, in saying that getting together with our families alone is already um, an opportunity for uh, joy, connection. It can also be, it can bring up moments of stress for many of us. And you put on top of that this this moment in this year it's so important to think about the conversations we have. And Debbie, I would say there's, there's two ways that anybody could leverage the power of appreciative inquiry as we're thinking about gathering with our families and loved ones over the holidays. One of them is to be really thoughtful about the conversations that we're going to have and the questions that will fuel those conversations once we're together. And I'd also suggest, Debbie, that uh, thinking about the conversations we have with ourselves before our families come into town. Um, There's some questions we can ask really to get ourselves centered before we're sitting around the dinner table, so to speak, that can be important as well. So happy to dive into either of these. Yes. Well, it sounds like we should start with ourselves first. And this is probably good preparation for any interaction, let alone the holidays, right? Yeah. Well, I think starting with uh, I'm going to share a framework. Uh, it's a very simple framework. It's very easy to remember. And a dear mentor of mine, Mo McKenna, who's an appreciative inquiry practitioner of many years, taught this to me. And the framework, Debbie, is the word air, A-I-R. 
And it's a great, great lens through which to uh, to inquire before or even in the middle of any gathering. And the A stands for appreciate and learn from the past. <clears throat> so I'll tell you before... I get together with my family in a few weeks. One of the questions I might ask is, when have my gatherings with my family, when have our holiday gatherings or any gathering, when have they been at their best? And can I reflect on any stories or examples or moments of real high points, peak experiences from the past so that I can consider how might I recreate or build upon those, right? So this question of uh, in appreciating and learning from the past we all have probably different types of memories and experiences when we look back, but realizing that our past can be a source of wisdom and learning and there can be gifts and traditions or rituals or experiences from our past that we might want to remember to bring into whatever's next, which leads to the I, which is just, it's such an easy way to remember these. The I stands for imagine an ideal future. So, before our family or our families may get together, whether it's in person or virtual, it still matters. I might ask a question like, what would my highest hopes and highest aspirations be for these holiday gatherings coming up? And, and I think, Debbie, the HeartMath community will particularly appreciate when I ask that question, I'm not only asking what are the images, right? What are the conversations we'll have? What are the rituals and traditions? But what are the feelings that I want to feel that are going to go along with those images? Maybe that's just, if not more important. But I think before we get together, inviting ourselves to imagine what we want these gatherings to look and feel like and to, and to play with a childlike wonder in knowing that we can start in our minds to see possibilities for how we gather that maybe go beyond what we've done in the past. And then the R, Debbie, stands for reflect and take action, which is actually just a way of coming back to the present and asking myself this. Based on the lessons I could learn from looking back on when my family gatherings or holiday gatherings have been most connected and loving and joyful and everything else good, and based on the images of what would be an ideal gathering, what commitments might I want to make right now or actions might I take to bring the best of the past to the best of what could be? And it could be as simple as to reignite my commitment to my own heart math practices for the next two weeks to strengthen that muscle before the in-laws show up. Or it could be even, even uh, beyond that to thinking about how might I begin to put together a plan or set up our home or prepare the menu or even how might I even start having conversations now that set the stage or even create an invitation of sorts so that when others show up, they're in an even better place for us to have the best possible experience we could have. So that framework, A-I-R, um, appreciate and learn from the past, imagine an ideal future, and then reflect on those answers and take action or make commitments to bring all that to life. That's a couple of questions, Debbie, that I'm thinking about, even before I get to the questions that might lead the conversations when we're all together. I hope that was uh, helpful. No, I think that's really helpful. As you were talking, these images came to mind. One was... At a, when I was a child at a Thanksgiving table where my grandfather and his brother were talking and reminiscing about some wonderful times they had in the past. And it lifted the spirit around because they were joking. It was jovial. Now, they could just as easily have gone into arguments, you know, but this was a, one of those Kodak moments yeah. where there was so much heart and connection 
in that, that that's what reminded me of when you said, what are the things that have really uh, inspired you, remembered from the past? And often it's where there has been that appreciation of some time, some moment in time. Mm. And it lifts the vibration. And everything that you talked about, uh, imagining what you would like to feel and see without being attached to the outcome, of course, we can't control others, but yeah. um, it lifts our vibration to help create more of an appreciative reality. That's what I got from that. So that's mm, wonderful. I love that. Yeah, and you know, you just gave a great example too, Debbie, where for you a question brought up a story, right? And yeah. now you can ask, how might you invite the conditions uh, for uh, that story or something better to emerge, right? Um, that's beautiful. Well, where would you like to go next? Well, now that you have shared that, I'm sure listeners are wanting to learn more about, I mean, it's taking appreciation into some practical applications besides just saying, I appreciate you or please and thank you or, I mean, all the wonderful heart qualities of gratitude and appreciation are so powerful, but this is actually bringing the heart and mind together to Mm -hmm. actually deepen and expand and make that appreciative experience another level and so what would you do if you were having a virtual gathering and maybe that's awkward for some people how would you introduce this into the gathering yeah well so so happy to share some practical examples here I I do think there's an important disclaimer because we can share some practical examples of appreciative inquiry digitally or in person and and how to spark conversations that could be life-giving and generative but there's there's one disclaimer And I think we have to honor that this is a moment, this is a time for all of us where it's very likely that we're getting together and and we're bringing people together that are experiencing levels of stress, self-doubt, reactivity, isolation, Mm -hmm. or maybe beyond what they've ever felt. And I think we all know that. And I think there's an important disclaimer here, and that's to realize that appreciative inquiry is not just about questions and conversations that are positive it's about realizing that even if the conversation uh, turns to somebody who's sharing a struggle, that what can make that conversation appreciative is the way that they feel safe or heard or seen or felt through the space that we create and how they're listened to. So I, just, I hope you don't mind me giving that disclaimer, Debbie. Oh, I think it's incredibly important. I mean, that is an aspect of appreciation. It's, it's intelligence. Heart, we call it heart intelligence, but all of the heart qualities can bring in more of that discernment of what would be best. So go continue, please. Yeah. Well, I'll share some practices that we use here at Exchange, and some of these carry over at home. Um, you know, everything that we do is about designing questions that create space for certain types of conversations. Let's start with the most embarrassingly obvious which is this next holiday is the holiday of giving thanks. Well, mm-hmm. we at Exchange, we, we happen to uh, really enjoy a practice called a Thanksgiving address. Now, it's important I honor the lineage, Debbie, of where we learned this. We were taught this by Braden DeLanay, who's a primitive skills specialist who learned it from John Young, who I believe was taught it by Jake Swamp, who was a great chief of the Mohawk Iroquois tribe. Mm. And this is a practice that oh. goes back thousands of years. 
and it's a practice. We actually bring, you do this in our work meetings every day, but we do this with our children once in a while as well. And it's very simple, but there's a power to it. And it's a practice where we go around a circle. We ask who's of the head and heart to start first. And one at a time, each person simply expresses something they're thankful for. But when they're done expressing that, they will ask the group a very simple question. And it can either be, can you hear me? Can you feel me? And the group can respond however they'd like. Aho, the traditional, or yes, I hear you, I see you, I feel you. It's an interesting way not only to go around the table quite literally and for everybody to express thanks, but that little aspect of it where they are heard, seen, or felt through the process uh, does something to bring that social and ultimately global cohesion alive through mm -hmm. that process. So that's, some would consider a tradition or a ritual like that um, uh, practical or common around a holiday like the one coming up. But really, if you expand beyond that, any question that could be presented to a group, a family, that invites uh, responses, whether it's like you said earlier, sharing stories. It could be stories of resilience looking back over the year. It could be simply celebrating high point moments, whether it's celebrating our favorite memories from the year or even going back beyond that. Keep in mind, if we want this to be really relevant, our families are gathering right now at a fascinating time. Let's just speak of COVID for a moment. My wife was diagnosed yesterday with COVID. I'm getting off this call to go get my kids tested. It's such a real oh, thing. Oh, no. Amazing. Yeah, huh. it, it, it is. It's so fascinating. And so, you know, I know one of the questions that I'm going to bring to our family around the dinner table is, hey, even in the midst of all these challenges, what's been a surprise blessing or a gift or an unexpected benefit that's come from all this? And I can already imagine that that frame through that lens with that kind of question will invite us to stray away from just complaining about all the challenges to maybe noticing some of the good that's come from it. Because both are true. Both are available. But how we choose to invite conversation through our questions can either be unconscious or conscious. So these are just a couple simple examples. And I'll finish with one more. In fact, you even think about that air framework earlier. What about inviting the family or whoever comes together, um, to imagine the next year of our lives. And what would they be most hopeful for? How would, and whether it's uh, what they'd love to see happen in their lives or simply who they want to be amidst all of it. Like you said earlier, sometimes being unattached to the outcomes. Well, asking who do I want to be, I, I sometimes feel like I have a lot more influence over that than uh, my ability to control all the results in my life. So... Any of these questions, looking back, looking ahead, appreciating in the moment, um, can all be generative and life-giving around the dinner table, in person or digitally. Thank you so much, John. I think that gives people a lot of ideas, but it also sparks the knowingness that we have to probably do some pre-planning. You know, you gave a lot of examples of those kinds of questions, and I know that's your work. You live that and teach that every day until it becomes a habit. And for us, all of us, if we're used to, uh, or put it this way, not used to asking those types of questions or maybe feel a little squeamish until we learn how or get our feet wet, um, it can good use end up being the same old, you know, how are you doing? How am I doing? I'm fine. You're fine. Instead of really taking it to the level of possibility that you're talking about. So I would invite our readers to pause and just see if there's any 
our listeners rather, to a pause and see if there's anything that John said, ideas that just sparked for you, like that story of heart connection between my grandfather and uncle from the past, for me, sparked a question, a regenerative question I could ask of, you know, when did you find or have you felt the deep heart connection with, with someone from your past or who's at the table? I don't know if that's a good question or not, but that's what it sparked in me. And I would think that there would have been some of the things that John said that might go ping with you saying, oh, yeah, that would be something I could do and feel comfortable doing. So I don't know if there's two or three that you would just want to repeat, John, or uh, that you find people have find it easiest to put their foot in the water and try. Yeah, well couple things come up as you ask that and you raise an important point. If anybody's listening to this and this sounds inspiring but also uh, like something that maybe you, ha- you haven't flexed this muscle before, a uh, couple things to keep in mind. I'm of the belief that for me, the most important question I can ask now and between now and when I'm with my family and when I'm with them and beyond that is who do I choose to be? And for me, I just want to remember to keep practicing my heart math practices because at the end of the day, whatever's going on inside of me will reflect and refract outwards and will probably have as significant of an impact as anything else I could do, any question or conversation I might inspire. So I I just want to anchor in that. I also would recommend, Debbie, just for a practical thought, is if any of you are hearing this and thinking, I'd love to bring these questions to our gatherings coming up in several weeks or over the next few months, don't wait until then. Bring a question to the next conversation you have with one person at a time, just to start to flex and build that muscle. And then finally, I'll I'll add one or two other hopefully practical thoughts. As I'm presenting all this, it might sound like what I'm recommending is to present these questions and hope that you'll be able to facilitate a whole group going through these conversations. Maybe you can, and maybe your family will fall right into that, and that can work out. In some cases, It might just be thinking about the kinds of questions you're going to ask when you're sitting one-on-one with somebody. It may or may not arise to feel appropriate to try and navigate a whole group conversation, but just keep in mind it can be just as as valuable to be there to spark a powerful conversation one-to-one. And and if any of you leave this call and you jot down some of the questions we shared earlier, you might look at them all and ask yourselves, which ones am I most comfortable asking? And you can start with questions that might feel easier to ask. And Debbie, I'll finish with just a simple example of that. Uh, In the workplace right now, when we facilitate teams coming together, sometimes before we bring them the deeper, more reflective questions, we'll start with something as simple as, what have you learned this year, right? What are you seeing? What are you noticing? What's different? What's going on? And sometimes just by entering where somebody's at, Uh, before inviting questions that might go a little bit deeper or might be a little bit more reflective. I mean, all of this, Debbie, begins with one simple heart quality to show up with, which is a real genuine curiosity about others, about how they're doing, how they're feeling. From that place, um, questions can do their magic. So I hope that that's helpful. I'm sure people get a lot from it. And, And the reason this is also called appreciative inquiry, and I know the person who founded that term, David Cooperwriter, was somebody you worked with. He came out to HeartMath years ago because of our research. 
on appreciation and how when we activate genuine feelings of appreciation or gratitude, how it shifts the heart rhythm probably quicker than any other heart quality or heart feeling into that coherent mode. It's got an uplift generally as well as expansion. So it's so important for all of us to approach ourselves and each other with appreciation. We're all going through this shift in the world together. It's challenging for everybody. And finding what we can appreciate in it, how we can support each other appreciating it and appreciate each other, helps us become more of who we really are. It's what I perceive as really one of the greatest gifts of this time is it's only through that expression of love and appreciation and heart connection that we draw in new insight or what questions to ask that are going to lift ourselves and each other up. And we have a choice. We can either lift up or we can go down. And stress will crunch our perceptions often into a little circle of everything's wrong or reaction. And we can always shift back to the heart, reset, reboot, back to neutral when those triggers happen and reactivate our sense of opportunity and purpose and and love and appreciation for something in our lives that then lifts our vibration again, lifts our spirit and lifts us back into a bigger picture perspective of what's going on. So let's do a heart meditation together to appreciation and to prepping ourselves for our group, family, gatherings, connections, starting right away. So how can we facilitate more regeneration? Ask appreciative inquiry, regenerative questions. We're not going to do this from our head. We're just going to go to our hearts and radiate our intention and know that the opportunities will present themselves. You can always re-listen to this program and write down some of the questions that inspired you too. So let's start our heart meditation by focusing our attention in the area of the heart. Do some heart-focused breathing. Breathe in through the area of the heart and out through the area of the heart. Breathing a little slower, a little more deeply than normal. And as you continue heart-focused breathing, breathe in the feeling of appreciation you have for something or someone in your life, past, present, or future. Just tune into something, a person, a pet, a time in nature, whatever can evoke that feeling of deep appreciation of you. Let's continue to breathe through the heart area and warm the heart with that appreciation.
Now let's continue heart-focused breathing, appreciation of each other. Everybody who's joined this call, of John, of all of us together, connecting in the heart to help lift ourselves and others. Now let's radiate that appreciative energy into the energetic field that surrounds us, embracing our family, our friends, our workplaces, work associates, everybody that we interact with. See that heartfelt appreciation radiate out from your core heart to the people you interact with in your life. And now ask your own heart, is there anyone in your circle that you are prompted to reach out to, to appreciate, to ask any appreciative questions, to facilitate them and yourselves in uplifting with that regenerative energy? In the United States, the Thanksgiving holiday is in a short period of time, in a week or so. And let's just send heart energy, despite what's going on, and intention that people really connect with the purpose of the heart and Thanksgiving and appreciation and take that time out from the stressors of life to really find that regeneration, a regenerative time together or by themselves. and Let's just radiate that heart and tension into the field for this time period of holidays, many types of holidays over the next month or even in the next six weeks to the end of the year. It's a holiday energy and holiday time that we can all take part in that can help advance our own 
personal and spiritual growth and facilitate the planet. So let's just close by radiating heart intention to lifting ourselves and others through appreciation and making a heart commitment to practice the tools and activating appreciation during this time period. Thank you so much for sharing that with me and sharing your insights into appreciative inquiry and the wonderful work you're doing. And I sincerely hope your wife and family stay healthy and safe. Debbie, thank you so much. Thank you for this time. And please send my love to the whole crew back home. I miss all of you. I sure will. Take care, everyone.